Welcome, good friends, to another Small Bites episode. We are your hosts and taste bud buds, <laughs> <laughs> Melissa and Emily. <laughs> and today, our Small Bite episode is all about fruitcake. Small Bites, in case you don't know, is short, easily digestible content that is about a particular food or food way. So let's take it away with fruitcake. Mm-hmm. So some historians claim that fruitcakes have existed since ancient Egypt. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Where people could leave them outside or inside the tombs of the recently departed. So the most popular theory for this practice is that the cake served as sustenance for the afterlife. And one of the most notable oldest versions was a sort of energy bar called Satura, made by the Romans to sustain their soldiers in battle. And the Roman fruitcake was a mash of barley, honey, wine, and dried fruit, often pomegranate seeds. During the Crusades, the knights actually took a page from the ancient Romans book and used fruitcake as a nourishment during the war. The six-month trek from England to the Holy Land meant that the Crusaders needed something that would last a long time. They would bake their fruitcakes with stale bread, honey, spices, dried fruit, and mead as a solution. And the blend eventually hardened and became naturally resistant to rotting. Wild. So weird. Huh. So in the 1400s, fruitcakes had a slight downgrade in status. The Catholic Church <laughs> prohibited bakers from using butter for cakes. Indeed, Catholic Church here to just like rain on everyone's parade, like make you feel guilty <laughs> about something you don't need to feel guilty about. Just let the people have a little butter for God's sakes. Literally. It was already so hard too, just to like eat <laughs> back then. It's like, can we just <laughs> let people survive? <laughs> yeah. There are no rules. Jesus will love you at whatever you do. Just he's going to forgive you. So it's going to be fine. Agreed. Yes. Uh, honestly. So the resulting butterless cake called Stalin, stolen, was a dry and less tasty creation that was made from flour, oil, yeast, and water. Boring. Prince yeah. Elector and a Duke of Saxony sent a letter to Pope Nicholas V that actually pleaded him to lift this ban. Uh, oil in Saxon was expensive and really hard to come by, which made eating cakes a burden. And it wasn't until <laughs> the Pope Innocent's reign, which was actually like five popes later, that the butter was Jesus. finally allowed. Man, they really were like holding on to that. They're like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. We make I the rules here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only ah. rich people can have cake, apparently. So, the best part about this is that the Pope sent what's now known as the Butter Letter to the Prince, stating that anyone can use butter, free reign, people. However, everyone aside from the Prince's household had to pay an annual tax. Since then. The fruitcake has evolved back into its more decadent state, if you can call it that, where wealthy <laughs> families distribute these cakes to carolers and sometimes the less fortunate during the holidays. And this practice likely influenced the annual fruitcake gifting that we do around the holiday season for people that gift them. I had to include the butter letter part because I was like, this is so perfect for Emily. She would love this fact. Yes. <laughs> and just the fact I that, read that the and butter like, letter just made me smile. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that 
part of the reason I write letters is that someday someone might find my letters and the fact that they could title it something and it could be the butter letter. Like, come on. <laughs> what a dream. <laughs> that is, honestly, that is a reason to write a letter right now. You, you've you convinced yeah. me. <laughs> see? See? But what you might recognize as a modern style fruitcake, which is a moist leavened dessert studded with dried fruits and soaked or aged nuts, was actually probably first baked in the early Middle Ages in Europe. Cinnamon, cloves, and nutmeg were symbols of culinary sophistication, and these sweet spices started appearing alongside fruit in many savory dishes, especially breads, but also some main courses. So during the 13th century... British fleets would bring back dried ingredients from Portugal and the Mediterranean. And however, the resulting cakes, air quotes, were more of a lightly fruited bread, not the rich, dense cake that we think of today. So it wasn't until the late Middle Ages where the earliest versions of the richer fruit cakes came to be. And some liken them to the Scottish black bun, which is sometimes known as a scotch bun. And that's actually a type of fruitcake that's completely covered with pastry, which is fascinating. It's like black on the inside. I had to look it up because I was like, whoa, what is that? Yeah, But they started entering the world around this time in the late Middle Ages. And because of their exotic ingredients, most of the general populace considered these desserts kind of more of luxuries and only meant for special occasions. Fruitcakes are definitely different in Europe than they are in America. European fruitcakes are more like the medieval fruited bread than the versions made in Great Britain and the U.S. So the two common, uh, most common styles of fruitcake in Europe are the Stalin and the Panettone, um, whereas British and American versions are much more like cake-like. And fruitcakes came to America with the colonists, of course, So in the rising tide of emigration from Britain to New England, closely mirrored mirrored an influx of cheap sugar from the Caribbean. So sugar was that key to preserving the fruit for use across the seasons. And then one of the favorite methods of preserving fruit was to candy it. So candied fruit, sometimes known as crystallized fruit, is fruit that's been cut into small pieces, boiled in sugar syrup, and tossed in granulated sugar and allowed to dry. Fruitcakes were also popular due to their legendary shelf life, which I feel like is what we all know about them is like, yes. <laughs> they're around for months. <laughs> um, it's a joke, but, a joke. Yes. <laughs> but in an era before we had refrigeration, obviously that was extremely desirable. So uh, fruitcake aficionados will tell you that the best fruitcakes are matured or seasoned <laughs> uh, in fruitcake lingo. So they usually have to season for at least three months before they're cut. Seasoning what? not only three improves months? the flavor. Yes. Uh, can you believe it? I like. I can't imagine. I don't know having a cake around for that long and just where like, do you keep that mellow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, the seasoning not only improves the flavor of the fruit cake, mm-hmm. but it also will make it easier to slice. Which I would think it would be the opposite. But yeah. I'm, I've never had a fruitcake, so I feel completely. Yeah. We wanted to try to make them and I was like, shit, we missed the window. You gotta, <laughs> we need Start three months, months ago. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God. So seasoning a fruitcake involves brushing your fruitcake periodically with your preferred distilled spirit before wrapping it tightly and then letting it 
sit in a cool, dark place for up to two months. And usually the traditional spirit of choice is brandy. Rum is also super popular. Um, Sometimes in the American South, where fruitcake is also popular, bourbon is preferred, which I could totally see. And then a well-seasoned fruitcake will get several spirit baths over the maturation period. Yeah. I don't think I really realized uh, how much like spirits were involved in the process and how you that was like a constant thing that you'd have to be doing. A, I didn't know that you had to season it and age it for months, but um, no. I definitely didn't know that you were like constantly brushing it with more... Um, more no, alcohol. <laughs> me either. I thought it was like a one bath kind of thing, and then you like let it sit for a while, and it was done. I didn't think it was months at any by any means, or that yeah. it was multiple coats. For sure, this is a labor of love. <laughs> labor Jesus. of love for sure. Now I'm like that. That is a nice gift. You you hold on to that fruit. Cake yeah, gives it to you. <laughs> <laughs> <Been> around for <laughs> months. <laughs> for real, uh, a lot of work. But, oh my God, you, you'll love this fact. So the credit for the fruitcake's popularity in America should at least partially go to the U.S. Post Office. And what? <laughs> that is because the institution of rural free delivery in 1896 and the addition of the parcel post service in 1913 caused an explosion of mail order foods in, in America. So overnight, wow. once rare delicacies were a mere mail order envelope away for people anywhere in the world who could afford them. And you could just ship, ship yes. the fruit cakes to your heart's desire. <laughs> so what a dream. Yeah. Given fruitcakes long <laughs> shelf life and dense texture, it was natural for a mail order food business and America's two <laughs> most famous fruitcake companies, Claxton's of Claxton, Georgia and Collins street of Texas uh, got their start in this heyday of mail order food. And by the 1900s, U.S. mailrooms were full of the now ubiquitous fruitcake pins. That's hilarious. I love it. Isn't that crazy? I was like, oh, my yeah. God, a mail fact? Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't also, see that coming now, in this now fruitcake I w- research. <laughs> now I want someone to mail me a fruitcake. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what I want. All right. Well, I'll get started on mine. I'll season it for three months. Great. And I'll send it in the mail to you. And you'll have yes. it in, like, March. <laughs> <laughs> As late as the 1950s, fruitcakes were a widely esteemed part of the American holiday tradition, but by around 1989, a survey found that fruitcake was the least favorite gift of 75% of those polled. (laughs) So, wow, steep drop-off. I know, she really went down the crapper. So, (laughs) haters and disrespect aside, fruitcake is still a robust American tradition, and (laughs) a website reported that over 2 million fruitcakes are still sold each year. (laughs) <laughs> I do still feel like it is like I don't know tradition and like one of those things where it's just kind of fun to give someone a fruitcake so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I feel like our parents were gifted one at one point but other than that I feel like I I don't know if I've ever seen one yeah really. I don't know if I've ever really like eaten one either so. no I wish that that was more of a I'm going to start gifting them to people and be like, well, (laughs) yeah, here you go. I've been saving this for three months. So (laughs) maybe they're way better than we think they are. You know, like there's just, it's all probably myth at this part. Like Mm -hmm. like you said, neither of us have eaten it. How do we even know that it's not great? You know? Yeah. No, that's real. (laughs) But there are definitely more variations of the fruitcake that started springing up all over the world. So Italy has a dense, sweet, and spicy panforte, which literally means strong bread. 
that dates all the way back to 13th century Siena. Uh, Germany has Stalin, which is a tapered loaf coated with melted butter and powdered sugar that's Mm. more like bread-like. But it's been a delicacy since the 1400s and has its own annual festival. And then there's also lots of like black cakes in the Caribbean islands, which are boozy, decadent, uh, like descendants of Britain's plum pudding where the fruit is soaked in rum for months or as even as long as a year, which this seems like this could get you messed up. (laughs) Uh, But the tradition of making fruit cakes for special occasions like weddings and holidays has always kind of been around and really gained popularity in the 18th and 19th centuries um, due to the cost of materials as it was really like a grand indulgence. So we still got it all today. How exciting. It's funny because in our family, we have a cake recipe that is basted in alcohol, essentially. That's like the mm-hmm. glaze of the cake. Mm-hmm. And I never really kind of thought of fruit cake when I thought of that cake. But now I feel like it kind of those two are like linked in my mind a little bit more now. Now totally. that I know it's like the very alcohol basted. I mean, I knew there was some booze, but damn fruit cake. Yeah. Do you think that cake would season and you could eat it over months (laughs) i I thought about that too but it's so i don't understand how it doesn't go bad still i'm not i don't know 100 percent clear and how does it get easier to cut as it gets older i don't know i don't know i guess because you just need to know it with more and more alcohol so it's just so it just soaks in yeah that's probably like killing bacteria to some degree i'd imagine that's true okay yeah, Wild this stuff. is one of those ones where it's like slightly some food science that trips your mind up. Absolutely, yeah. I think I need to read more in-depth recipes to like fully feel confident yeah. in making my own for sure. But uh, definitely it seems like a fun thing to like experiment with and possibly gift somebody one day, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it definitely does. And that's the way the fruitcake crumbles. Yeah.